Welcome to all of our new listeners. You have tuned into our new podcast, Carl and Me. Carl and I are super excited to roll out this inaugural podcast and meet the huge demand for quirky sports takes. My staff has done tireless research to pinpoint what is missing in today's sports podcast, and we think we have the formula for success, quirkiness. I'm Kelly, your host. I'm a successful entrepreneur, a connoisseur of beef jerky, and a leading purveyor of quirky sports takes. Alongside me is Carl. Carl's a 12-year-old neighbor of mine who has remarkable sports insights combined with an intellect and wit like no other I have ever met. Kind of like a sports mini-mead, you might say. You complete me, Carl. Unfortunately, due to our current budget constraints, we have only one microphone. So Carl will mostly be in the background of the podcast, giving his incredible insight via handwritten notes. Please bear with us because Carl's handwriting is very, very bad, and uh, we will just do the very best that we can. I don't want any of you to miss any of Carl's takes. The unofficial sponsor for today's episode is Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Why Jack Link's, you ask? Well, what goes better with sports talk than chomping on a hunk of dehydrated and salty byproduct of a cow? Nothing in our opinion. So if you need a moment to go and grab that hunk of beef, feel free to do that as we play about 10 seconds of Let's Get Back to the Show musical segue. Sports is full of controversy. I call it controversy du jour. What, Carl? You don't know what du jour means? Well, I guess I overplayed your intellect. It means of the day, so controversy of the day. This kind of stuff is going to make me lose my train of thought if you're going to ask questions like this. Anyway, the latest controversy in sports, football has it, concussions and domestic violence. Basketball has it. Where will KD and Kyrie end up next year? Soccer has it. When will somebody score a goal so we can all go home? And pro bowling has it. Why were grown men wearing ugly shirts with their name and cursive writing on their backs? But where we want to focus today is what I'm calling a controversy in baseball surrounding a famous starting pitcher, Tommy John. Tommy John, just a name, invokes all kinds of thoughts and emotions. For all of you millennials, you probably don't even know who Tommy John is. When I said those two words, your first thought was probably, you mean the underwear company? No, that isn't what I was talking about, although I am a huge fan. The first time I ever heard about Tommy John underwear was from Colin Coward on The Herd. He was going on and on and on how comfortable his new underwear was. I thought, well, sure, I'm sure it's comfortable, Colin, because they're a sponsor of your show. And then he went on to say that he never even wore underwear before wearing Tommy John. Tell me that didn't happen. What? Are you kidding me? Never wore underwear? 
Who does that? That kind of reminds me, though, of uh, one of my roommates I had in college uh, kind of answering that question. He was from Albany, Georgia. The first time I met him, it was kind of a tense moment when I saw him bring out his turntable and his music choice, which was Johnny Cash sings his greatest prison hits. But it really got awkward when it was time for bed and we were sharing a room. He slipped off his jeans, and much to my surprise, he was not wearing any underwear, a la Colin Coward. Tell me that didn't happen! After the shock wore off, I proceeded to tell him that he was not go- this was not going to happen uh, in my apartment, and he needed to follow the Rain Man's advice and go to Kmart for some underwear. Rain Man? Uh, that's a movie reference, Carl, way before your time. It won an Oscar. Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise. You can watch it on Netflix if you want, but there's a scene where Tom Cruise yells at Dustin Hoffman and says, what difference does it make where you buy your underwear? Underwear is underwear. Dustin had just told him that he needed to go buy his boxer shorts at Kmart. Yeah, Carl, I know you get your underwear at Kmart, and I know also know how it bums you out that it's getting harder and harder to find a Kmart. Well, you probably just should uh, move to West Virginia, Carl. Anyway, folks, I'd like to get back to the subject at hand, which is Tommy John, the pitcher, and Tommy John's surgery. Tommy John pitched in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, I actually saw him pitch several times for several teams. And he is mostly known for Tommy John surgery, which is where you tear your UCL. And he had surgery about halfway through his career and it was very successful because uh, he ended up with, I believe, 288 wins and like a 3.34 ERA. And anyway, he was pretty much borderline Hall of Fame. Actually, I believe that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And if you look at the statistics, he is um, has a has a war of about almost 80, which is higher than many of the pitchers that are already in the Hall of Fame. I think there's like 77 pitchers in the Hall of Fame. So he's about halfway in the middle there. And uh, but he never really uh, got the votes. So hopefully someday he'll get in uh, with the Veterans Committee. But uh, that's a that's a different subject. What um, the myth that I've always understood was true was that Tommy John surgery has saved a lot of people's careers. In a sense, it has saved a lot of people's careers, but it's, it's actually become an epidemic um, in, with younger kids. Almost 57% of all Tommy John surgery is done on 15 to 19-year-olds. So that's pretty uh, stark statistics. Uh, in fact, Tommy John the third, which is his son, he's got a doctorate, I believe, in chiropractic medicine. He, he's in San Diego. He goes around the country and talks to uh, youth organizations about the fact that um, they need to be changing the rules so that these kids don't blow their arms out and get Tommy John surgery so early in their career. And um, because truthfully, Uh, If you look at the statistics, it's not that successful. Just to give you as a little bit of an example, 
Um, again, Tommy John was a success, but and another success that that um, I can think of is John Smoltz. But John Smoltz is a little bit of a different bird because he um, had Tommy John surgery. He was a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. And then he had Tommy John surgery and he came back and became a reliever. And uh, he's the only um, pitcher in uh, Major League Baseball history to have, to record 200 wins and I believe over 200 saves. Um, so he came back as a reliever and, and that's the reason why he got into the Hall of Fame. I mean, so quite a few less pitches. Um, he was just, he was the closer. And uh, so it's he's kind of an anomaly, but he was successful. He did get in the Hall of Fame. But there's not a lot of other pitchers out there that you could say this about. Uh, good example, Matt Harvey. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery. He came back, had a little bit of success, but now he is just a disaster. Um, uh, Wainwright for St. Louis also had it. Uh, he came back, had a little bit of success, but he, his fastballs uh, – he has, it's not as fast, and uh, his ERA has climbed. Um, if you look at statistics, I've looked at some reports. The um, the myth that Tommy John surgery is successful for these guys to revitalize their career is 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 totally a myth because uh, ERAs are up, um, strikeouts are down, velocities down. So overall, I would say that. Um, Tommy John surgery has not been a success, and in fact, it's it's um, it's become an epidemic with the youth in in this country. Um, so, I guess to wrap up this segment, um, the first thing I'd like to say is Tommy John should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he had again a WAR of almost eighty, which was the same as John Smoltz, ahead of several other pitchers that are in the. Uh, Hall of Fame. He also had 288 wins, which obviously 300 is a magic number. Second, um, I guess uh, I would like to say that Tommy John underwear is really, really comfortable, and I would recommend it to anyone. I'm wearing them right now. Uh, and for those of those of you that don't even wear underwear, you should try it. It's it's really incredible. And third. I guess since we're on the subject of Hall of Fame, um, I'm with Pete. Uh, put up $200 on the Reds for the win. I also think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Toronto, 
and really it is not even going to be close. Uh, Carl and I both believe that uh, Golden State will win this series handily. Uh, if um, Durant plays by game three, they will sweep. Uh, if he does not play, then I think probably in five. And this will be a three-peat for the Golden State Warriors. Does that make them one of the greatest teams of all time? I don't think so. I just think that the talent in the NBA is getting more and more watered down. And at this point in time, I just uh, almost think the NBA is unwatchable. This year, the ratings were down in the 20s, 20% less, and nobody's really watching NBA, even the playoffs. And there's a lot of excuses out there saying, well, it's because Milwaukee's small market, Toronto's a small market, uh, Portland's a small market. Well, all that is true, but um, I think it really is a problem that the NBA has right now. And they're going to have to try to have to figure out how to change that because at this point in time, I'm really not even interested in watching the finals. There's nothing intriguing about it. Except maybe Kawhi Leonard. And that brings me to my second take. And that has to do with Skip Bayless, or I like to call him Skip Brainless. He has just been on... Kawhi Leonard saying he's not a leader and he has just continued to pound him because he feels like that obviously that Kawhi let his team down in San Antonio blah 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 he calls him number two very degrading uh, everything he said about him though has not been true um, he is a leader Boston was supposed to win the Eastern Conference, and they were given the crown, and they were even supposed to give Golden State a run for their money. Then Milwaukee, at the end of the year, with the Greek freak, was supposed to win the Eastern Conference, and that uh, didn't happen. Why? Because one person, Kawhi Leonard, he carried that team on his back quietly, and he was a leader, and really... Uh, pretty interesting that uh, Toronto's never been to the finals before, and thanks to Kawhi Leonard, they're there. Now, they're not going to win, but that just goes to show you what a hack Skip Bayless is. He uh, is probably one of the worst sports um, prognosticators in the business, and I can't remember exactly how much he makes. How much does he make, Carl? Can you look that up on my phone? Five million bucks? Oh, my gosh. Well, first, that's a testimony to the greatness of America that even a hack like Skip Bayless can make that kind of money. Um, I, I read something in Forbes recently. that He did sign like a $25 million contract and that they're basically saying that they're just not getting that Fox Sports is not getting their money back, and because nobody's watching Undisputed, because he really, really has nothing to say. And Shannon Sharp is 
not as bad, but he's pretty bad. So together, they are just one of the worst duos in sports. Right up there with Mike and Mike. Of course, Mike and Mike aren't together anymore, but when they were together, they were pretty, pretty dull. Our next take uh, has to do with baseball. Reading uh, article about Dustin Pedroia, and I like Dustin Pedroia, but he made a statement in the press which tells me he will probably never play baseball again. He said that he might not get back on the field again because of his chronic knee injuries. Well, he basically has not been on the field for the last two or three years. This year I think he played like six games, five or six games. So we're not even counting this year. This is another lost year. And then he has two more years on his contract. So that's three more years they have to pay him. And I think there's a total of about $50 million bucks. And really that is what is wrong with baseball. They need to go to the NFL rule where they have guaranteed money, but they also have um, money that's that's not guaranteed. So that incentivizes them to get back on the field, to play harder, so they can be cut. And otherwise, we'd rather see young players out there. I mean, look at the exciting teams out there, like uh, Oakland is exciting. Minnesota's exciting. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there, or Houston's exciting, that are just a lot of young players that are really making an impact. Even the Dodgers, most of their guys that are doing really well, like Bellinger, young guys, uh, Peterson that are hitting home runs this year. It's 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 the young guys that are really exciting to watch. And baseball has a viewership issue, so they need to quit this long-term contracts with people like Cabrera and Pujols. I mean, watching Pujols just run to first base is so painful. Uh, my goodness, I mean, he has to hit a, a, a double off of the wall or a home run just to, to to make it on the base pads. So, and I love Pujols, and he's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he deserves to be. But I really think that needs to change in baseball. So moving on now to hockey. I am not a hockey fan. I really literally know nothing about hockey, uh, except every once in a while I'll watch when it gets to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I know that St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues, are finally in the finals. The last time was in 1970. Um, before then, I guess they had they were in the finals three straight years. They didn't. They got skunked all all uh, four games each of the three years. So it's it's a it's an exciting story. There's they're hopefully they're going to win the the championship here this year against the Bruins. Um, and I know there's a lot of people me included, that do not want to see the Boston Bruins, uh, any Boston team, win the championship. But when we turned on just a little bit of the game, first game the other night, wow, St. Louis looked overmatched. Again, I don't know that much about hockey, but it looked like they were outplayed. It looked like they were outcoached. I mean, the St. Louis coach um, went empty net on his goalie, with about two and a half to three minutes left, which I've never even seen before. You know, maybe that does happen. They were only down one goal. Then a Boston Bruin, one of the Boston Bruins uh, made a long shot and uh, into the empty net, and then the game was basically over. Uh, so, again, I think that the Boston Bruins, Carl agrees, he's nodding his head, 
that uh, Boston's going to win in four. Tell me that didn't happen. Um, my uh, fourth take is has to do with um, football, uh, NCAA football, and um, we just went through this lot of the signings and um, not that long ago and. NCAA football, again, is another sport that needs a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, they they do really, really well, obviously, um, in, in viewership. But I think that they're going to need to go to that eight-man quickly because the, the teams like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, they're getting the same – they're getting all the five stars, and they're getting that championship, the four-team championship, and – it's becoming less and less interesting, I believe, to the average sports fan. I think that uh, they need to go to the eight, and just like in basketball, they get all the five stars at Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, but when they go to the tournament, the 68-team tournament, anything can happen, and usually anything does happen. The teams that are the, the highest pedigree don't always win the championship. And I think that that would bring a little bit more spice to NCAA football and um, and give those just average fans something more interesting to watch. So I think they need to go to the eight-game format. So um, my fifth thing that I want to talk about on my traffic takes, um, I don't really have another – have we done five, Carl? Oh, he's holding up four fingers. Uh, that's how he. That's how he counts. Um, do you have any thoughts on on a fifth topic, Carl? Well, uh, I guess we're just gonna do uh, four this week. So I hope you enjoyed um, traffic takes, and uh, this will be a segment that we'll we'll have um, on podcast in um, in in the in the months to come. Um, and uh, I just hope you enjoyed it. Now a word from our unofficial sponsor, um, PBS and NPR. Uh, we would like to uh, thank all hundred of their listeners and viewers. Uh, these are such great organizations, and uh, we're hoping one day to get them as sponsors. Right now, we're just using them as an unofficial sponsor, though. So thanks for being part of the Carl and Me podcast. Well, Carl, it looks like a wrap for our first podcast of Carl and Me. Um, I'd like to thank Jingle Balls, our executive producer, as well as our staff, who did all the tireless research that we used on today's program. Uh, I think it went pretty well. I know you think it did. Give me a thumbs up. Um, uh, we had a few production issues. Uh, maybe a couple of quality control issues. Uh, but overall, pretty satisfied with the product. And I hope that all of you out there enjoy Carl and me. And we look forward to uh, future podcasts and uh, really making this show uh, a success 